0: But just ask specific details about lyrics.
1: Yeah, dates and times, addresses. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that would probably be best. Best for all of us.
0: <laughs> hey Phil, I have like a weird echo on my shit. Yeah, I can yeah, hear it. People, Yeah. you talking, so I can hear. Okay. Hey, I appreciate you doing this. Really. Um, yeah. I the the older I get. I have a tougher time with like tough guy shit, and for uh-huh. whatever reason, Skinhead has been like the band that's like, no, it sounds real, it sounds authentic. I mean, the the last song on the newest album, I've yeah. gotten teary eyed twice listening to it, and I don't know.
1: I, I just want to I want to stop you. Is this yeah. is this recording? Yeah, I don't want you to blow your load already. No, 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 no. no. it's it's recording. We
0: got, this is good stuff. We just jumped into it. Yeah, it's quality. I, you, I I I have I have some some more good shit. I got some analogies and shit to introduce Chris. Uh, but yeah yeah yeah. So I just wanted to say that real quick.
1: Yeah. Um, what is it? What is it about the song that
0: caused that reaction from you? Okay, so, <laughs> so I remember, I remember being 14 years old and having my braces taken away from me by the guy that ended up shaving me in. Uh, Dean, rest in peace. But I remember being scared shitless and thinking, like, "Fuck, man, I can't. I gotta prove myself to these people. I gotta, I gotta keep in. I can't fuck up. Everything's on the line with this shit." And and it meant the world at that time to be accepted by them and and him in particular, you know. Uh, yeah.
1: Now, yeah. I mean, that's been the case for me for like. There's definitely a few things specifically in my life that happened where I felt that exact same thing. But uh did you feel like there was a there was just an iron curtain that once like you were in it for a little bit, you raise the iron curtain and you're like, "Wait a second, this is all made of popsicle sticks?"
0: Yes, yeah, I was like, "This is almost this is like crazy. I find out like, oh, everyone's gay. You're all Yeah. I, hey, this- that's what this is. It's just a big gay club." Everyone's gay and we're having a good time. Yeah. And that's cool,
1: but I just didn't know that coming into it. But now that I know it, sick. Right. But but yeah,
0: so I was super curious. I was like, well, I gotta keep on putting in the work and, and more will be revealed. I'll find out more shit.
2: <laughs> um it just kept being gay.
0: It just kept <laughs> being gay and it's getting gayer. More gay. Especially with fashion. Like fashion's yeah. shit, that's super gay. Yeah. Um also oh, I have to say the analogy real quick. Okay, so so late nineties, early two thousands, there was POD and E Town Concrete, right? Bear with me. Accurate, okay. I'm better. better. Okay. And, and so then in the early to mid seventies in Australia, there was Rose Tattoo and ACDC. Okay, you still with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in twenty twenty three, there's CMI and Skinhead. Who's the Rose Tattoo?
1: Well, more importantly, who's the P.O.D.? More importantly, who's the
2: P.O.D.? (laughs) There's a lot of them. I can't really really think of them well. You don't
1: have – this is like the end of Inception. You're just going to let the dreidel spin, and we're not going to know if he was dreaming or not? You're not going to let us
0: know who you – what are you talking about, man? Well, so so in, in my head, like, okay, so so there there was POD and E Town Concrete, and it seemed like they were head to head for a while, and then <laughs> and then POD got thrown on a major label and blew up that kind of thing, and then you know with the Christian stuff, and then I've nerded out and I've read enough uh, books and articles about ACDC and the the scene that they came from because that's like my favorite band of all time. And the shit that I read was like, they were, they were like brothers coming up. They were like head to head in this, in the, uh scene. And, you know, for whatever reason, however shit, uh, lined up, ACDC blew up. And so you have skinhead and CMI, which are two completely different bands, um, uh-huh. sonically and lyrically, but I don't hear any echo now.
2: He's got the monitoring
0: off. Oh, okay. Uh. But still, like, they're evoking the same type of um, how do I put this? I was talking to you about this yesterday. They're evoking the same type of shit out of guys where like dudes are super horny for CMI and skinhead. People hear that shit and they're like,
2: "Full circle back to the gay stuff."
0: Fuck yes, (laughs) Uh, yeah. And and uh, and they don't have anything to do with what you guys are talking about. But they're like, "I'm fucking right, I do," you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think that, you just wanted to bring
1: up POD. I really did. I really did. And <laughs> well, that's fine. That's totally
0: fine. So like, like the first time I got to see you guys live, you were laughing the whole time because people were singing along and you're like, I'm making fun of you and you're still singing. There's,
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a, a part of it. Sure. There's a part of it where I know there's like, I'm specifically talking about people who You know most likely are in the audience but the biggest reason why i just dude i'm like cry laughing on stage is because i'm just literally singing like i'm gonna hit you with a pipe in your hand (laughs) everyone's like fuck yeah like this is this speaks to me i'm just like you guys are fucked Yeah. yeah all you guys are fucked everyone you're screaming that to me all you guys are fucked that's why i'm laughing it's just like this these songs are so ridiculous not that they 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 very much mean something, but like it's just crazy. So that's like that was an interesting thing when like the demo came out, people were pumped, and then the second release came out, and people were still pumped. so it wasn't like really a novelty thing, but, uh, I was just r- writing about awful things.
0: <laughs> well, and and that's that's how to me, I link up CMI because CMI is, is it, it's it's like it's rowdy shit. Uh, set to kind of like rose tattoo y riffs. Yeah, you know, with, with but it's hardcore too. So skinhead is the ACDC. You just
1: showed your hand. that
2: uh, yeah. There you go. Nice. And CMI is the rose tattoo. I, I think uh, Adam and Frank would both love that reference. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool.
0: Um
1: I saw A C D C my dad um, took me to see A C D C at the old Boston Garden in uh nineteen ninety-five. They had a the ball breaker tour.
0: Yes, I saw the ball yeah. breaker tour in Houston.
1: Yeah. Dude, it was completely fucking insane. That was his first time I smelled what weed smelt like. Um <laughs> Beavis and Butthead did like a cartoon intro. It was oh, fucking it. awesome. It was unbelievable. ACDC, yeah, that's that's Angus Young is who made me want to play guitar and just like rock. And uh there's they're 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 so sick. So I'm I'm happy to be the ACDC.
0: Fuck yeah. So let me actually do a proper, proper intro. Um Is all that going in the trash bin? No, no, this <laughs> is all recorded. This is all recorded. I, I we're just uh oh, incredibly unorganized, you know? Okay. Stream of yeah. consciousness shit. So Yeah. So uh to the right of me I have Chris from Street Power, CMI. Um that's all I know of. Back of the neck. Back of the neck, back of the fucking neck. Uh, uh, teacher of LTC classes and uh, recording maestro, right?
2: Yeah, that's that's uh, one of my newer endeavors. The recording, sort of. I've been doing it like on my own for like two, like all during COVID. I like kind of like learned all about it, and then being in studios growing up. And then I was just someone was like, "Hey, we'll pay you to record our band," and then everybody was just like. We'll do the same. So I just what
1: the fuck is LTC?
2: Uh license to carry.
1: Oh my word.
2: You're an official boy. <laughs> official.
1: Wow. Yeah. A gunman. Gun guy. Uh gunman. Have you murdered?
2: Uh allegedly. No, no, no.
1: Damn. Carrying a gun is so fucked up to me because um you just gotta fucking kill a guy.
2: Yeah, you, that's what I tell people in my classes. I say, if you pull it, you better use it, because yeah. one one story is better than two.
1: You need to murder someone. Yeah, that's crazy. I,
0: I've, I have seen more pistol whips than actual people getting shot at, though, um, from friends of that, mine. Yeah,
1: that's a technique, for sure. <laughs> but, like, if yeah, I mean, that's a Prove technique. It. I don't it. know. It, it's got to <laughs> hurt your wrist. It's got to hurt your wrist. To, everything about the gun thing, I don't know if I could fuck with, unless I'm going to murder a person. Unless I'm going to murder a person, the gun is probably the best thing to do that with. Very useful But the, the, the pistol whip, do you like go overhand? Do you do backhand like a tennis racket? And it just seems uncomfortable grip, and it seems like it can go off at any moment. and oh, just yeah. blow their ear off or just something crazy.
2: Go forward with the barrel, like stabbing motion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the jab, yeah, yeah. That's the best way. All right. Okay. You guys seem like the
0: professionals. Right, Chris so is a fine. professional. I, I just, I'm from the South, so. <laughs> they
2: don't have to take <laughs> classes. Amazing. Anybody down here can just buy anything they want and do anything. both right.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I know. I, I do know. appreciate that. We, we did host the LTC class here before, though.
0: But this was right before constitutional carry and all that stuff. And uh, I, I I, mean, I still think they're super informative. Yeah. Massachusetts is never going to have that, unfortunately. But The constitutional carry? Yeah. yeah. But, okay, and so we have Josh. Is is that cool if I call you by your Christian name? You already did. Fuck. Well, so we can edit this out. We can can cut it out.
1: There's no going back from here. You're going to take out some of the good stuff in the beginning. Now now we're cutting it up. I don't – let's just – we're keeping it at Josh. I think that's fine. Okay. That's anonymous enough.
0: I like that. Okay, okay. And so from drug test? Yes. Criminal instinct? Yes. Skinhead. Yes. That's all I know a hundred percent. That's all I know for sure. For certain. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I've been in uh Rude Awakening. Me and my my friend Josh Hines started that band. I was in this band called Hammer Bros. Yeah. That
0: <laughs> fuck yes.
1: That's just that should have been more popular. Um, but it was just really like a New England like secret. Um, yeah, I played in Outbreak for a while. I I first met most of my friends in Boston when I, when I joined um, Black and Heart and we did, we did, I joined them in like 2006.
0: Did you drum in that band? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah.
1: We played, uh, Texas has always been a weird place for me because it's dusty. It's dusty. You got um, Armadillies.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah
1: period. Those are fucking crazy, dude. I've just seen one. I saw one walk across the street and I almost spit my drink out of my mouth. It's That's insane. Also, those hold leprosy. Yeah, yeah, they do. They what? actively have. Yeah. Okay. You were looking at me like I was crazy for a second. They hold, they contain leprosy. These creatures running around. Mm. Also, when they die, I know you've smelled probably dead ones. They are the most rotten smell I've ever smelled, and they're upside down, like in a yeah. rotting cup. Oh, oh dude, yeah. miserable! They're fucked. <laughs>
2: so um, they can they can transfer that to humans. The leprosy if
0: you kiss, if you kiss them long enough. <laughs> Absolutely, Jesus Christ! Yeah. So, um, more common to this area to, to the Houston area, and, and that I see more often. What's up, Gabe? Is um. Possums and neutral rats. And I th- nu- nu- nuclear rats—they are kind of like nu- nuclear
2: rats. Have you heard of neutral rats? Uh, they're like kind of like Norwegian rats, where they're s- smaller than big rats but bigger than mice. Exactly, right? it's like an in between. Yeah, right? yeah. They—they look like mice, but their tails are much longer and thicker. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're fucking. They're a rough. fence.
0: They're a fence
1: walking rat.
0: Yes. Yes, they are. Not just a hardcore song. They—they they actually are fence walking rats. Good to hear. I love uh, that. And then possum. I mean, there's, there's. I can name like three possums that I see on a daily basis in my neighborhood walking around. Uh, so we, we have Gabriel Wells, who's who's just out here. Um, the headphones and mic is for you. So I have Gabriel Wells from Pride Kills Fame, and uh, that's yeah. a nice watch. What do you look at? A chair? I'll go grab you one. Um, and yeah, we're, we're alive. We're doing it good. Uh, um, so this is the last day of a three day run that, um, we did with street power. We're about to play Houston tonight. And yeah, I was going to say you guys have to like,
1: go, I didn't know. I thought you got the dates wrong or you're playing an active show tonight. The show is starting in like
2: an hour
0: minutes. Yeah. But I mean, five minutes. we don't have to be there on time. All right, I respect it. That's called swagger. That should be on. Hey, watch out on, don't lean back on that, because that's that fucking shampoo chair. I just don't want you to, yeah.
2: (laughs) That would have been fun. Did
0: you just get into town? What? Did you just get into town?
3: No, I was at the house, but some shit came up.
0: You got to muck him up. Yeah. You can't hear him at all? My bicycle.
1: No. Okay. Nor can the fans. The fans
2: can't hear him either.
0: I I can't hear what's...
2: Can you hear him? No, no he. It's probably not up on the, on okay, the interface. Okay. Cool. I'll go do it. Um,
3: <laughs>
2: we're we're rolling anyway. Hey, Good for us.
0: You know, this is so we got to cut out. This John. is what you call
1: stream a stream of consciousness. This yes.
0: is just like unpreparedness. No, you're right. It is it is unpreparedness, <laughs> but it it makes me feel alive. You know. Um, oh, I love it. Uh, it's a rush. It's a rush. Wasting other. It's like Saturday
1: night. night Live. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. <laughs>
0: we go. Gabe, you in? Yeah. All right. Cool.
1: I got it, dude. I got it. good I got you, man. Everything's cool.
3: No, not you. This guy doing the uh, my buddy doing the uh, the mixer. I already oh, fixed good. it. That's good.
1: He seems like he should keep his job. He's doing a good. He's yeah. doing good
0: work with. Him. So one thing that I noticed. So so I love the demo, right? Fell in love with the demo. I love the, um, I guess it's like a 12-inch EP, the one before this last one. Yeah? Can
2: you hear me? It's frozen. Oh, oh there shit. Whoa! is. Whoa.
0: No, we
1: lost you. All right, go ahead. Love yeah. the demo. Can't get but- enough of the demo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the the 12-inch EP was great. But the, the full link to me sounds like the most uh, fully formed. It sounds like the most kind of. Street punky, oi, It has like a different flavor with the riffs. Uh, it almost sounds like there's a different songwriter involved. Um,
1: well, there isn't. I don't know why you're pointing fingers at me. I'm
0: not. There, just, I want
1: to. I want to put the kibosh on that right now. Just theory. Um, I'm just like the Wizard of Oz. There's like some fucking magic little dwarf man who's writing all my songs. It's that it's that
2: curtain we're talking about.
0: That's not my I yeah. Well, but well, you do have like what four guitar players.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. So,
1: so, uh, yeah, the, the process to write skinhead is essentially, um, I either get sad enough or mad enough and then I write some songs. And so I just, I just kind of like riff out on my computer and then play around with some pretty little leads. And then, um, sometimes the lyrics come first, sometimes the riffs come first, but I think the, the, the last record that, or the, the newest record that came out, um, I definitely felt more comfortable exploring a little bit, getting a little riffy, you know, yeah, I, I was listening to a lot of, uh, like the hold steady,
0: fuck. um, oh, yeah.
1: a lot of like leather face too, just oh, like yeah. random. Yeah. A lot of like, just kind of all over the place stuff. And I, I was appreciating just like the riffs and, and all that. Um, so I just fucking went for it yeah and i was like who the fuck am i dude my band's already called skinhead why the fuck do i gotta make a mean song Why let's 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 riff out a bit you know let's do a little doodly little thing over some fucking funny bass line yeah they're
3: awesome man they they say they're they're amazing yeah it reminded me a little bit of like uh like older u.s bombs i like them a lot and kind of like the leads that that guy does like that are almost like like the higher two notes in the chord right and just yeah. doing like a few connector notes and there you go, you know. It's
1: That's good. it. Yeah, hundred percent. I was always a bad guitar player. Um, so it's just like if I can find a couple notes that sound good, I'm just gonna stick with it.
3: Yeah. Well you did good, man. That's badass. I was just listening on the way up here, the uh uh back in the gang, right? And it's got yeah. this kind of like stream of consciousness. Um not, not, like, gay like James Joyce, but, like, cool like William Faulkner, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, oh, thank you. you yeah, a well, it's cool because it jumps around, <laughs> but they're all, like, similar coming-of-age themes. I really dig it, man. They're so good. So cool.
1: Yeah, that's, like, that's awesome. Appreciate well, it. Well, I appreciate
3: like it. And, how you and the fact that you, you're you you're just free to do that. You're like, my band's called Skinhead. I can do whatever the fuck I want,
1: you know? Yeah. You don't also have like- to prove. I like how you referenced two um, literary legends and then clarified that um, I wasn't one of the gay ones.
3: <laughs> 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 one Wonder- the, yeah, dude, it, James Joyce, he just had a good publicist. That's it. You know, Damn, I, oh.
1: not a Joyce man. Okay, fuck yeah. it, dude. I'll roll with you.
0: Americans for America. <laughs> <laughs> but but that that is a good point. It, it definitely... I. I mean it's all storytelling, right? All the, the skinhead songs. Um, but but this last album definitely sounds more yeah, coming of age, more more thought provoking stories instead of like um beating the shit out of you and, 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 and like random like tour fight stories, right? It it seemed like it was yeah. like, like a little bit more than that. Like like also that's yeah, the so- last track on the album, you know?
1: Yeah, it's also when I started the band, like when the demo came out, I just was just, I wanted to be like, here's four songs of of what I am kind of thing. It's like, it's almost like a background. And then like the second release is, is more so like a little follow-up to the background. And then finally you have the,
2: the, I feel feel like the the second one bridged both of those because you were definitely finding the melodies on the second one more than the first. And then on the third one, it was like full melody.
1: Yeah. 100%. That's how it seems like to me. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. I'm going with that. That sounds, that's exactly what I was going for. Yes. That <laughs> sounds good to me.
0: No, it, it it's definitely a, a clear evolution. And, and this is where I'm going to connect CMI again is, is that's kind of how the last CMI full length was is it's, it, it became like, okay, so the demo is super meat Heady, just chunky riffs. And, um, and some and some program stuff and some some kind of just basic Skinhead tough guy stuff. And then this last full length is just like it's it's more melody, it's more hooks, it's more um there's a little bit more oomph and meaning behind it. And I I had no idea that you're the chief songwriter of of Skinhead, but that's like kind of like what Adam's deal is in CMI, right? Yeah,
2: definitely. So. Adam plays guitar? Adam <laughs> plays guitar. No, he's good. He hums. Yeah, he And then no, you oh no, Adam Adam writes Adam writes it all. Like he'll throw stuff in and be like, hey, what do you guys think about this? Uh but Adam Adam's the guy. So That's awesome. Yeah.
1: It sounds like uh Ryan, you were saying that the earlier CMI stuff was not as good. And then finally the new album is finally good.
3: I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I like. So,
0: so, so are you talking about skinhead or CMI? CMI. So CMI. We're, we're, we're just all over the place. But so I met Adam years ago in Chicago, oddly enough, through mutual friends of my wife with an old friend of his. And um, man, maybe it was 2022 or so. He started sending me these songs that he was just recording in his apartment and fucking around with. And I swear to God, I blinked and then it became like, yeah, CMI is this band in this force, you know,
2: you have a great marketing department. I had the other, the guy who writes for street power, the guitar stuff, he showed up at my house one summer, 2022, he walked in, he's like, dude, have you heard that CMI band? And I was like, literally had it on my phone. Cause I was going to show him. I just turned the phone. I was like, it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, then I ended up getting in the band. So yeah.
0: They, I, I, just so that was a similar thing that that we saw happen with Iron Age down here. Um, I don't know, Gabe, if you got the message from Matt Jackson, but years ago, Matt Jackson texted me and he sent sent the demo and he was like, "Man, don't tell anybody, but we're working on this new band." And he fucking he told everybody the same thing, and then people started yeah. spreading the demo, and then first Iron Age show was like a manipulation tactic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I noticed a lot of the bands from the Northeast right now.
3: Like your band CMI uh, Skinhead, it's a very uh, haywire. It's like Colin of Arabia. It's a concerted effort, like a group effort, to put it all out there. And so you don't have to be in love with all the fucking bands. Yeah, you know, you maybe have two that are your favorite, and, but, but you know, it's like the group, you know, and um, yeah, you definitely got something going. I'm excited about it's fucking awesome. It's like, yeah, man.
1: Boston has always has always kind of had that because um, it's just incestuous just like one dude is in three bands and then three dudes from other bands make another band. And then it's a very, it's, it's very funny. And then, yeah, maybe the weird, like new wave kid breaks off and does like some electro shit. And you're like, that's kind of good, but it's kind of weird.
2: There's all uh, that. That's exactly how it is. There's like every person (laughs) in a band in Massachusetts is in two other bands. Yeah. It's well, the gate.
0: So like the connection between all the bands that you were just talking about is Austin, Austin, right didn't he play in Skinhead? yeah he's yeah he slinked into the
1: bands and then he started a bunch (laughs) of other bands and now it's now i'm connected with all these other bands and now we're on a a show in a barbershop yeah that's it's all him dude (laughs) it's all him the first time I, i met austin was um rude awakening was playing a show in uh where's he from it's the town's what was it called Youngstown or something it's on the border. It's on the border of Ohio with some other place. Um, but it was at this house, this, it looked like a movie set. Like there was a family sleeping upstairs and there was a show downstairs. And I went to piss and like a dad came out of the room to oh piss. And there, there was like an actual, there was an actual family there and he was living with some family. Um, but he looked
3: fucking insane. Oh, are you talking the about cool. Austin? Was that his foster home? fuck Talk- <laughs>
1: Sure.
3: Uh, yeah. He was talking he about like a friend, right? They would. Well, they would let him throw shows. He's like, that's how I got into hardcore. The family yeah, was basically. just so cool. He went to a show and got to meet like Isaac and all these people like Earth Crisis, Scarhead, like forever ago. And Yeah, uh, there were
1: like actual shows happening
3: there. Yeah. And he was just like, man, I just bought into it and they let me have shows. And it was like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was it was a pretty it was a pretty crazy mm-hmm. place. And the uh he worked at a pizza shop, so he brought a bunch of pizzas over. And um uh me and uh my boy Brandon and we were on tour. I think Death for dishonor was the first time I met at Austin, but um it was me, Brendan, and uh Chris nace from Pennsylvania, and we were in we just kept trying to stay in shape on tour because Brian from Death for Dishonor is just like a smoking drinking um anti-fitness monster but somehow he's just like he will survive forever and i'm, I'm thankful for that but uh <laughs> we were doing um when Comcast on demand had like fitness you could like click fitness stuff we yeah. were doing like like kickboxing like cardio kickboxing and so 20 minute three,
0: abs or yeah
1: yes we were just like three sweaty angry dudes just like making the house shake because you're doing cardio kickboxing on his fucking TV. That was Al- Austin was like these guys are fucked, man. That was the first time I met him. Um he's he's always been crazy. He's always looked crazy. He's always been crazy, man.
3: Yeah. I couldn't believe he, he was uh, did- uh 28 years old, man. Yeah, yeah, that I was like you don't look a day over 50. What the <laughs> fuck?
1: <laughs> Gabe did uh did, did did Pride Kill ever uh um play a show with with drug test?
3: Possibly, where would that be? Uh,
0: Texas. Oh. Somewhere about in Texas? Could be. Could be. But I well, don't know. So the Houston Drug Test Show was this old band I played in, Clean Break. Oh, yeah. That band was good. Yeah. But wasn't Outbreak on that one too?
1: Yeah. I was playing drums for Drug Test and Outbreak on that tour. Yeah. I was, I was, I was working. Okay. Yeah. Because I feel like maybe it was another tour, but I remember seeing pride kills. Maybe it was black, my heart or something. They played Brock and um, a couple times. That makes sense. And I was just like, these dudes are like, these dudes are men. Like they're men people. (laughs) Like they're like, they're like men, human beings. (laughs) You just look bigger. You know, you look like all you guys look like bigger and like you needed to get back to the job site.
3: That's exactly (laughs) the truth. That's the truth. (laughs) When Chubby and the gang played here, I was working nights and I came on a yeah. lunch break when <laughs> I played it <laughs> and I was like, just so bummed out, like in my work mindset and like, I can't yeah. drink beer. I'm standing here like a fucking nerd, <laughs> you know, like I can't even have fun. And like Chubby and the gang blew the roof off the place. Like they look so young. Yeah.
0: Oh, the rugby and they, show.
3: Yeah. And they hit the stage. I was just like, what the fuck is this? And they just like, boom, like so much power. And I was like, God, you know, and I had to go back to work. Totally had to go back to the job yeah. site, but, um, yeah, yeah, we—that's the, the case. Like, really, I was only here about half the time, or yeah. less, because I worked like seven or eight months a year offshore for yeah. like for like twelve years,
1: doing like oil stuff.
3: Yeah, offshore? oil and gas, oil and gas pipelines. Yeah. So now I'm a that's third party th- inspector, and um, I inspect the application I used to do. So it's kind of, kind that of sounds way more. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the retirement program for uh, labor since we don't have unions, you know, yeah, or not for, not for Texas pipeline anyways. So if you got any snap, you go get a cert and get a couple more certs. Everyone knows you're not full of shit and you know what you're doing. And uh, (laughs) then you just like stand around, write reports and make sure people don't fuck shit up.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. My dad was a, my dad was a union iron worker for like, I don't know, 20 years or something. And then he did the same thing. He was, he like moved into the business agent side of it um and that's that's pretty much exactly what he said
3: yeah i mean it, it, it's like all the guys see it and want to do it but you have to have initiative you have to save the money to do the search you gotta you know study apply yourself and you have to like over the course of your career have the majority of the field have a good good opinion of you
1: so you know, yeah not be a piece of shit
3: yeah, or, or not too much, you know. You can show up no, and piece of shit. Not the not the lazy piece of
0: shit. That's what it is. <laughs> you know, show up for folks' sake. It's the, the marked difference. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's crazy thinking about that Chubby and the Gang show. So that was that was the last show I booked before the pandemic and thinking about how shit's changed since then because it was it was Chubby and the Gang, Royal Hounds, uh Liberty and Justice, I think Concrete was on it. Um all these bands, yeah, a lot of oil. But you know, Chubby and the Gang and Royal Hounds blew the fuck up after that. Um, to a, so it was your fault. No. Yeah, yeah. So it was my. They fault, were both dude. awesome. That was a, that was yeah one of the better
3: shows that year or last five years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was that was a solid show. So, dude, I know, I know <laughs> where I know you from. Oh, <laughs> really? yeah. Dude. Were you on tour? Was Death before Dishonor on tour with uh or played the Gorilla Biscuit show in Houston? Or no, it wasn't Gorilla Biscuit. Who the fuck was it? It was at a place called Meridian. And yeah. they were outside lifting they were outside lifting weights. And they, yeah, they I, just, felt, uh, I know it was um uh the bass player Frankie. Is
0: mm-hmm. that right? And yeah. This is like right before he got really big. No, he was getting big. Yeah, because I remember the, the tours we did with them. he was still, like, a smaller dude.
3: Well, all these guys were pretty big, and whoever the smallest guy was only had a 45 on each side. And uh, me and my buddy yeah. were in a car, like, watching it, <laughs> uh, like, kind of having a good time, you know, partying. And I was like, dude, I can curl that. I can curl that right fucking now. <laughs> and I had just gotten a perm. I had this big-ass perm and, like, a flat cap on. It's <laughs> And like an undershirt. So I looked like a real piece of shit. And um, I got out of the car. I was like, yeah, you guys, let's wait. Ugh, just like run up in it. And everybody's like, what the fuck is this guy, you know? And I ran over and I pulled it off. Dude, I had enough. Uh, I was going real fast and I just fucking did three of them motherfuckers. I was like, yeah. And I put it up and Frankie, he, he was like real cool. Like on the cool, he's like, that's some gorilla shit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah, that might—I mean—that might have been the tour we did with uh, with Black My Heart, Call of Arabia, maybe.
0: No, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Well, Call of Arabia played Meridian.
3: Um, I was, no, I don't think it was COA, man. I, I don't know why I'm thinking Gorilla Biscuits because I don't
0: think I was at that show. But it was that. I know COA played Meridian.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't play drums uh, when Frankie was in the band, um, but but Black My Heart did did do a tour with. Uh, Call of Arabia, Death for Dishonor, and um, that band Fight Like Hell from uh,
3: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, those are, Denver? That's one of my best friends. Yeah, guy, Matt. Matt. Scott. Yeah,
1: it, that tour was that tour was sick. Um, it was essentially a fistfight every show, and we played San. I remember. I don't remember Houston. I remember San Antonio though, because the show ended in a fucking riot. Um,
0: that's so. Like that was San crazy. Antonio. What, yeah, what I, I
1: got the my white
3: checked in real good in San Antonio about a bunch of skins. That place, it used to be real rugged. It's cool as fuck. Was no. it The uh, Underground? Uh, no, it was after The Business played. Um, Sin 13? No, that place was close. Mm-hmm. Um God, what the fuck? It was, it was across from White Rabbit. It was at a bar across the street. Yeah, it was nasty. Uh, that was not a lot of fun. But yeah, that that would like always happen after shows in San Antonio. There's like... A lot of the scenes weren't real laced up together back then so people weren't buds you know what i mean it was
1: like uh san antonio's like because obviously dallas is is like a thing and houston has like its own feel but san antonio was just like extra dusty and like cowboy it was very cowpoke but also like that guy's kind of fucking freaking me out a little bit like that's that's always how i felt when i was in san antonio
0: Well, I was was talking to you about this last night. San Antonio has always been the one city in Texas that has the most gangs.
2: Like, okay, so there's... Yeah, that's when I was saying. The first time I went there, it was like 2007 or eight, and -hmm. it was uh, Suicide Fest at the Underground. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the first time I'd seen like multiple Mexican skinhead gangs. Yeah. They were also all fighting each other in the parking lot. All hammering each other, yeah. Broken glass inside the venue everywhere. Were you at that like, show? Yeah. Holy shit. We played. I know. Yeah. You remember that TV?
3: Yeah.
2: yeah you hit that dude in the
3: head, fucking fire trucks. That was Wait, a fucking It's It was nuts. like death
2: threat and hoods. Will t- yeah. kills. And-,
3: and Mike Hood was like, you're playing first. You get the fuck up there. Oh, no, no, no. He's like, we're playing first. We're playing first. I'm not getting the show shut down. You're not going to shut the show down. and My band doesn't get to play. I remember. I was like, we'll oh, do whatever you want, Mike. I don't care. <laughs> <Play> <laughs> was last. this whenever y'all did the Elliot Smith cover? uh we were already doing needle in the hay yeah and it's it's good man we should have recorded it it's like a real good fucking cover it's like real fast it ended up sounding kind of like a like american nightmare or something right so you just yeah. do all the chord changes faster so it'd be like do you know are you familiar with the song 100 percent this how goes exactly you go like. <laughs> and then when he does the part where he goes so leave me alone you ought to be proud that i'm getting good yeah for that part it's like
2: <laughs> so leave me alone.
1: It was good man you gotta record that thing that sounds wonderful yeah <laughs>
0: Actually, yeah, that would have been a great idea. But so, but I think we only played like three songs at that fucking show.
2: It was like, well, because it was. Well, you'd stop because the TV would break and some kids it, all fucked it, up. It got out of control. I was with a, I was down here because I dated a girl from San Antonio. And she was like, oh, we're going to go to this fest. I was like, oh, sick. I know a bunch of these guys that are playing. And then towards the end of the night, it got so crazy. She's like, I want to leave. I was like, all right, let's go.
3: <laughs> it was like a big change.
1: How did you start getting into Elliot Smith? Where did that, how did that meet?
3: Oh, I'll tell you, man, like, um, all through high school, I really liked like, like nineties, 90s, like nineties alternative, but like the heavier, kind of like heavier side of it. So maybe like seaweed and like archers yeah. of loaf and like, yeah, it, it, like, I guess before they called it like fucking emo was more like, like indie rock. Right. So I liked yeah. all of that shit. And like, yeah, yeah. The, you know, like mineral and stuff was good too. Mineral, the guys in that band actually went to my high school so, when I was like a freshman, they were seniors, and they would play like all the time in Houston. You know, they'd play out in Cyprus where I went to high school, and you know I mean, you don't know what you got, you can't appreciate it when you're fourteen, yeah, it's like going to see like mineral at the Ravensway Clubhouse, yeah. you know, and like see them open for like Jimmy world and shit, and you' so yeah. I have that attachment, and I always liked singer songwriter stuff because my dad likes folk music a lot. That was actually my first show. I saw a guy named John Gorka who's uh, from the Midwest, from Minneapolis. He was like a uh, philosophy major. And so his lyrics are really, really well thought out, I guess you'd say. And he has like a strong baritone and just a way he could carry, like I went and saw him at this bar in Montrose, like I was eight years old, 1988, you know? And uh, I was just like, man, this is fucking awesome. So anything, like I'm a sucker for like decent singer-songwriter yeah like by guys who can really carry it you know who can play guitar well with a little melody line while they're doing the chords and sing like that's the shit you know yeah. like Neil. yeah that's Gale. wonderful yeah.
1: i love that The uh yeah all that um that's that's kind of how that's what happened to me i was uh like goo-goo dolls but then like weird stuff outside of the circle of goo-goo dolls then i found the replacements and then oh, i was just yeah. like this yeah. is like these dudes are just like talking about stuff that I feel. This yeah, is like weird.
3: Paul Westerberg, no? the best songwriters ever. I don't give a fuck. He's unbelievable. You can put him up. Yeah, he's
2: unbelievable. Anyone.
3: Yeah. And, and one of the most underrated, you know, unless you're like a big in the music kind of guy, people like Paul, who you're like, geez, man. you know, I mean, he should be up there with, you know, Johnny Cash or Willie Nelson or any of that as far yeah. as i have to? Did
1: you have to hide your, um, sensitive music, uh,
3: Love? No, because I kind of act like, uh, I like to think that uh, maybe not an idiot, but an anomaly, right? I just, I I really like entertaining people. That's just my thing. I like it. I want other people to laugh. They can laugh at me. They can laugh at my joke, like whatever. Um, But you're
0: also one of the smartest guys I know
3: too. So the thing is, is it's like, if you don't like it, I mean, really just percentage wise, like 95% chance I'm smarter than you.
1: Yeah. yeah, you know, you sound like a you sound like a big problem, man. Uh, because yeah. you 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 look you look like a big problem, and then you have all these like cool things to say, and I'm sure that freaks people out, and they feel very uncomfortable with themselves. Well, it's so they if they're
3: if they're uncomfortable yeah. with themselves, it's just a tell. percent, it's a tell. <laughs> yeah, them, right. Yeah. Because people <laughs> but, people who are cool, who fucking are very secure with themselves, if, you know, we always have a great time. Yeah, it's like the guy yeah. who has a like, you know, like a macho insecurity, oh, Dead Kennedy thing going on, you know?
2: We sat up yeah. at your house last time I was here until, like, 5 in the morning. Every night. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go to bed. I know.
3: You remember? dude? Uh,
2: <laughs> you woke me up playing a... You were like, hey, check out this song, and you started singing and playing the acoustic guitar. Hey,
3: yeah, and you showed me, you were like, yo, this is Street Power. And I was like, oh, do you remember the big hands?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry, we I mean, don't want to tell, like... Uh, he, he goes...
2: Dude, your hands look so big.
3: <laughs> I, I said, "Dude, I'm not trying to be a weirdo, man. I'm not. Dead. You know, you met my wife, uh, but are, are your hands like abnormally long. <laughs> yeah, it's even, like a big old me. Hey, I, you, I, even I, from here, <laughs> <laughs> did you see that picture?
2: You I forgot about. I forgot about the. You hand.
3: pictured this post. Uh, uh, you you posted a picture from uh, last night with someone. And you're going like this. And your hand's like twice as big as Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: it's massive. It's <laughs> like, God damn <laughs> like, dude, hand, dude. When, I was, when I was younger and I would, like, fish with my friends or something, and I would, like, hold up a fish, it always looked small, right? Because my <laughs> hands were <laughs> too big. That's the best. That's how I gave up fishing. And
3: then like, Luke this came this over, and he was like, look at this dude's pants. Look at his legs. Look
2: how big his fucking leg. Hey, d- hey, dude, I'm, I'm not being weird, dude. Take your pants down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude, he asked me to take my pants down. That's right. Yeah, just like it ain't. Nothing. I was like, this is look all the legs. first five minutes I woke up. I, I I think one of my favorite Luke stories though is, is, is what was Luke saying
0: to Adam about Yardhard? Oh god, this is the best, dude.
3: And he leads with this. He comes into my house. No one knows him. Luke was the bass player for Pride Kills. We we both have Pride Kills at work. Like a lot of times, like to my disadvantage, people have heard stories about him being a fuck up, and they're like, Oh, there's a guy with the Pride Kills tattoos. And I'm like, no, it's not me. It's my friend. They're like, oh yeah, the other guy with the pride (laughs) kills tattoo. You know,
0: (laughs) like like how many pride
3: kills? Right, exactly. Like I'm full of shit. But uh, he, uh, anyways, he showed up. He had been offshore for like three months, and he had dried out. He was looking good, lost some weight. Um, We're having a good time, and he goes up to Adam from Conservative Military Image, and he's like, hey man, what's up with the, you know, like yard hard? Where'd you do your time at? And Adam's like, okay, I didn't do any time, yeah. you know, but like very straightforward, not condescending. I didn't do any time. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's what the song's about though. Right. Like being in the yard. If you're not with me, you're with the guard, you know, that's was, he's like, uh, no, no, I was in the armed forces. And you know, like when you go on base past the MPs, you're technically in the yard. And my job was to defend this country and liberty's freedom. So I, I took it serious and I wasn't just a guard at the gate. I was someone defending the United States of America. And Luke was like, Oh, well, I think it's misleading, dude. But I think he's like, he's like, I mean, you got to know, you know, people probably think you're talking about prison, but it's like, he's like, I don't know what people, what other people would think. It was so fucking funny. Dude, it was good. It's a fair argument though. No, but but just the fact that Adam was, was like, I don't know what they would think. I'm just spitting facts, you know? It's so fucking funny, dude. So good. Having, having big hands,
1: just to revisit this for a second, is probably sick if you got to, like, open a jar. Oh, for sure. But but uh, did you just think your dick was just super small? For Until you understood that your hands were here, I didn't
3: even think about that. That's got to suck. No, I mean... Like, that's got... You're only, like, when you only have seen your dick, you know? Anyway. Maybe Luke was trying to see how big the dick was when he actually took your
2: pants. I, I, I don't... I don't know how to explain this without sounding like I'm like bragging because I don't want to brag. Oh he's got a huge uh, you know? dick, this fucking dick dick. Look at <laughs> it's it's proportional. It's proportional. Pull it out, dude. <laughs> so so you're like a
3: humunculi. You're like a humunculi. You got these huge hands, this huge dick.
0: You are like, No, it's a it's a problem. It's a, it's a, it's an issue, honestly.
1: I'm not gonna I'm not gonna press that what a humunguli is. I've never heard that before Humonguli. so up, but, well, no, after, I know that you're smart and you knew and you know what it was, and I didn't want to make myself look like an idiot, but I just wanted to I wanted to touch on that. A
3: uh, humonguli is a um a, a drawing for proportion of where you have nerve endings that are very sensitive in relation to your body. So if you had a humunculi, like, the, it would look like a little tiny person that's all shriveled and skinny, with a huge fucking dick, huge lips, and huge motherfucking hands. And so I was like, dude, he's like a humunculi, you yeah. know?
1: I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now. Look at that's the
3: images insane. on Wikipedia for humunculi.
2: Oh, that's insane. So that's that, insane. a real—that's a, real, a real term. God it's, damn. Hundred percent.
3: Look at them hands. Well, good. Well, good. <laughs> This is for, see, chatting is for learning. We're all learning here. This is leisure time. This is actively bettering ourselves. We're not fucking off. This is like real, actual, per the Roman dictum. We
0: are engaging in leisure activities. Yeah, we're doing one of the more positive things as opposed to, like, fucking little boys or something like that that they used to do.
3: That's like a mounds bar. Have you heard Louis C.K. bet on that with the mounds bar? (laughs) You did it on Saturday Night Live. I was like, holy shit. You said you made an SNL reference right when I came up, right? Yes. What was it?
1: Um uh, Ryan was completely disorganized um when he was uh setting up this podcast. So um and he said it was exciting. I
3: said Saturday Night Live Live ah,
1: was exciting as well. It wasn't that good.
0: I just heard I, I like play. I like SNL or I used no, It's still good. So for me, I got into punk and hardcore and and fell in love with it and it was it was scary and exciting um and at the time I was like quietly doing honors creative writing classes in high school and just afraid to like talk to anybody about it or anything like that and I had books that I liked to read and and uh poets that I really liked and and then I found out like oh cool like if I front a band I could just I can write my shit and not have to feel weird or ashamed about it. And so then like punk and hardcore became this bigger <laughs> thing for me, me here, you know, like where I could, I could encompass all areas of my life and not hide anything. And then I got into like kind of writing little zines and books and shit like that. And
1: what do you want ready? me to do with that information?
0: Well, we're talking about, uh, how we got into it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. That makes sense. I was, I was on,
0: I, <laughs> I like it around theory. a really long time. He
3: actually had a club in Laporte, um, the Washateria. <laughs> Me and Lou got the fuck beat out of us out there when I was 16. Oh, by uh PIX. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I had memories of the place. I was like, dude, I don't really want to go to shows down there. <laughs> you know, it's like trauma, you know? And, um, <laughs> But uh, he would throw these shows like In Control played there Mm -hmm. with Holding On. That was fucking awesome. And Holding On covered uh, Descendants, like Bikage. Indecision, Kill Your Eye. Indecision, Floor Punch. Floor Punch? Yeah, didn't Floor Punch play down there? Maybe. Floor Punch and Indecision. Okay. Yeah. I think that was before it was your club, though. So Ryan's from the south side of Houston, Mm -hmm. and I'm from the northwest side. You know, kind of think is that there... versus the have-nots, you know?
1: <laughs> oh, oh. Is the, is the self the nice one?
3: No, of
2: course <laughs> no, not. No, no. <laughs> of course not. You look at every major city in America. I wish we could, the wish we could take stuff. the laptop outside for a minute and just <laughs> oh. spin it around in a circle.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm I'm not talking shit, really. Um, it, it's a totally different thing. Like, Laporte has, like, a very old <laughs> Texas feel to it, right? Yeah. Um all, it's similar to like like maybe Baltimore. It's like an like a lot of like Irish Catholic, a lot of like working class. Um, it's all refinery folk, right? Yeah. And, and so like it's it's kind of salt to the earth, right? But very, right? Um, like can be very gritty. Right? Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, a lot of
0: I don't know. I'm not, maybe you could say it better. I mean. So okay. So. I got out as fast as I could, and I really just moved, like, fifteen minutes north. <laughs> not that, not that far <laughs> out, but I still get sent articles and headlines from people that I grew up with in like meth lab explosions and 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 random shit like that happening. You know, um, child molestation charges—just the most fucked up shit.
3: Well, so so this kind of like just grittiness underlying, right? Like yeah. th- that um you know i mean culturally speaking that's inherent to a lot of like lower middle class uh areas right yeah. whereas cyprus where i went to high school is f- like well-to-do farmers texas gentlemen kind of people that own land out there
2: that's like yeah. they need to get back to the job site <laughs> yeah yeah
3: <laughs> and then a lot of guys uh not really get back to the job site, guys. Like, I'm I'm like someone who fucked up. I should have gone to college. I'm one of those kids, right? <laughs> like, my parents worked really hard and they're like, you're just a fucking retard. You should have no, fucking, you don't care. You don't do shit. But didn't you go
0: to school though? You went to college already?
3: Right? No, no, no. I've done leisure learning. At, 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 like, I have two years finished. Okay. That's only for my own edification. Like, not for, like, I'm getting a degree in philosophy so I can do it whenever, you know? So I take like one, one class every semester. Yeah. I've done that for like 10 years. But anyways, um, what I was getting at is that those are, like, upper-middle-class folks and, as you go further out, upper-class that own hundreds of acres, right? So it's a different kind of – it's a different demographic. People are very culturally different. Uh, Ironically, a lot of them vote along the same voting lines, the same political kind of – and and for the most part, same relative values – uh, mostly based on economics, which is so funny because it's like, like a totally.
2: It's like, helping one side and hurting the other.
3: Well, right. Geez. But they are, they got those guys, they got them all to buy into it. You know, the, the rich ones. Yeah. Of of, yeah.
2: So hey, there's a reason there's a separation there because this side is maybe smarter than the other.
3: Well, well, and because all the factories are over here and who the fuck wants to I connect to, to a landfill family. in a factory. Right. <laughs> you know? So, um, so yeah, very different worlds that Ryan and I came up in. And because of that, I think probably we didn't get to be good friends until like God. 10 years deep, maybe. I met you at a very young age, though. Right. But because it, because we are an hour away from each other, we're yeah, left. Yeah. Houston, like the metropolitan area, takes at least an hour to get from one side to the other.
1: Yeah. For but she- you got a great infrastructure.
3: No, not really. Nah, yeah.
1: You can't stop hearing about the infrastructure.
3: Yeah, I bet. Or the zoning, huh? That's like Patrick's joke from Drug Church every time he comes here. He does it every fucking time. And he's like, it's crazy. You can have a welding shop on top of a hair salon. Oh, I was yeah. like, dude, that wasn't even funny four years ago. Yeah. Cut that shit out. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
2: Yeah, we can work for we want. Yeah. Like, that's something to make fun of. One thing <laughs> one thing I noticed <clears throat> driving around Texas the past couple days is all the political ads for the politicians. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every single one of them have a cowboy hat on. Yeah. And they're, oh, in, yeah. And they're in a suit. Every single one of them. You're
3: yeah. driving around South Texas. There was
2: actually, there was only one. It was the only white dude that I saw. And he was the only one not wearing a cowboy hat. He's fucking up the game. He's not going to win. No, no. No, Fuck fuck no. no, Not at all. He didn't put the cowboy hat on.
3: He is going to win because all those other people are pandering to rural voters. Those are reps from rural community. So they'll win their spot in the house. He's pandering to where everybody's at, which is in the city centers, right? It's like the majority of the population lives in the city centers. And then you just have like what we drove through today, five hours of maybe – Three hundred thousand people I, it within that like, drive. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like a, you know, there's not a lot going on in South Texas, like you pointed out. A lot of poverty,
2: yeah, low income, um, no bookstores. Uh, we, we went out to lunch in, uh, I think Raymondville, maybe right outside of, um, not too far outside of McAllen. Okay, and uh, six of us, it was forty-seven dollars for lunch. We sat down at a restaurant and ate for forty-seven dollars. Yeah. yeah, that's a bill I could pick up. I you picked it up. Of them. I said, like, hey, this one's <laughs> on the band, guys. Thanks. Yeah. One of them got grilled cheese, and he said, dude, you d- could have told me that before. <laughs> yeah. I would have got that. Like I, a he's flipping thing. me off right now, yeah. <laughs> I like, no, no. That's the reason. I, yeah, you would have got a T-bone, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: I grew up in uh, in New Hampshire, which is like a different sort of white trash than Texas. And that's why I think I I like... I see the resemblance. When I'm in Texas, I'm like, there's something different, man. It's the heat. Like, I'm. I'm it's the fucking. Dude, all it's detour- t- t- the too
3: fucking hot. <laughs> where are the lakes and the streams, dude? Oh, like, yeah. the the rivers and the. Oh, dude. Actually, that's- we that's- have, we have like all the ecosystems except for the Arctic and the rainforest. But um, you got to be in the right part, right? Like, Northeast Texas, where you would never play a fucking show. It's like hillbillies and meth. But that's the piney woods, and that's like, it's nice. And there's fields, and there's streams, there's waterways, there's good fishing, there's lakes. Um, Not that many people see it, though. That's the thing. Well, right, because there ain't shit over there except, like like I said, like meth. Yeah. You know, and a lot of, like, poor, like, white, um, rural folks, you know, in East Texas, a lot of racism. You know, I mean, it's still alive and well over there. That's, uh, like, Vider, Texas, where – they made national news like 25 years ago when they dragged a guy to death.
0: Yeah, you know, oh, behind yeah. it, behind a pickup
3: cool. truck. Yeah, so and that's still alive and well. You go there today and hook up with the good old boys, no problem, right? So, East Texas is uh, not a hot spot for progressive uh, music. And uh,
1: why do they? Why do they get the trees, man? That's what I mean. They don't deserve it. What
3: tree. the fuck, dude? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but like, like. Houston's okay maybe like three months out of the year. Oh, weather wise? Yeah, yeah, it's not like a fat yeah, girl's that. asshole. You it's nice. And uh
1: but but so what <laughs> this, is an, this is an abrasive, this is an abrasive podcast. What it, it, we're having a good time.
3: what, what I am. What, what, Except that it's like hot as fuck. It's gotta be like hundred degrees in now. here. Am I right? Maybe. I mean I'll go
2: check. him looking at us right now probably can't tell what temperature. Yeah, of I'm business. wearing a jacket. Yeah. He's gonna see how much I've sweat?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so what what part of new hampshire did you grow up in
1: uh manchester new hampshire it's like uh old mill town a lot of brick building downtrodden a yeah. lot of brick we couldn't get enough brick and we put it everywhere it's
0: uh Be- Be- it was city Be- a...
1: oh you've been oh yeah you uh you you played uh the uh whatever it's called
0: uh, yes the yeah. shaskin yes, yes. johnny yeah. booked it and treated us like kings. I I yeah, thought Manchester was beautiful.
3: Like oh, dude, it's you know, cool. People, it's, it's, like
0: uh, people, that's where we
3: want to retire. Yeah. Like yeah. if we get enough money, me, we will come to New. Mexico. Man- me. House, I
2: swear to God. Let me let you know on a little secret. If you drive past Manchester, it's actually nice, much nicer. Really? Yeah. It's fucking gorgeous. Conway. You got Lincoln. Like yeah. all along the Kangamangas Highway. Like all that. The White Mountain area is gorgeous.
3: Well, like John Steinbeck talks about it in uh, Tales with Charlie like the uh, like great american novel right or not giant steinbeck what's the fuck no maybe it is john steinbeck you know what i'm talking about tales no, of sir. Charlie he has a, a dog and he goes on a big road trip around america it's really good my neighbor gave it to me um the other day anyways um
1: does the dog die
3: yeah. no the dog's oh, cool the guy's kind of a oh. mess and so okay. it's a story about him trying to like just go camping and relate to people like in the 1950s um, he's like a Hemingway kind of guy. Yeah, it's got to be Stein. It is John Steinbeck. But um, he goes and uh, he uh, he talks about being in Maine and New Hampshire and driving through it and just like, why would you ever want to go anywhere else? I want to stop the trip right now. I just want yeah. to, you know. It also, also
2: it. gets very cold and there's a lot of snow. Like He's, he's there. It's all right the snow. Down. Yeah. He's doing yeah. that trip like in the
3: spring, I think.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. New England has, there's, it knows, it knows when it's your first time there, it does this disgusting trick where it it's nice for like three days. Like you're like, Oh dude, I was there in October and it was fucking gorgeous. I was wearing a t-shirt. I was able to like, it was, it's, it's, it's a lie. It's all a lie. And it's just a sad place and it's only Dunkin' Donuts and it's, it's, it's New England is just cold. Your feet are cold and your, your, your pants are wet and you go into a Dunkin' Donuts. And everyone's complaining about their fucking boss and you are participating. And then you ask for like a double like banana, extra large, extra cream, coffee. And that's just your life. <laughs> that's doing so
3: that really well in Goodwill hunting. Right? Yeah, sure. Well, that's, that's, like, yeah, it's real.
0: <laughs> but OK, so where do you live now?
1: Uh, I was living in San Francisco for four years, and I just moved to uh, to South Orange County in, in uh,
0: Southern California. Okay, so so what brought you out to the West Coast?
1: Um, it doesn't snow. First of all, as <clears throat> second of all, the avocados over here, unbelievable, <laughs> truly unbelievable. Uh, and all my friends, there was like a, a mass exodus of of people from Boston who moved to uh, like LA specifically. And um, my friend Eric just kept calling me an idiot until I finally moved out there. And um, yeah, I lived in LA for, from 2013 to, uh, 2019. Then, then I moved to San Francisco. But yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy. New England. It's even my, my parents, like my family, they think California is this, this like fucked, like, like, and they're all like, very much like Kennedy Democrats, like I'm going to vote for your rights, oh. maybe say like a couple slurs, but like I, I, I yeah, love yeah, these yeah. people kind of thing. Yeah. But um, um, they still think California is just like tofu and like kale, yoga is a thing that they're afraid of. You yeah. know, it's just like, it's, it's fucking crazy, dude. They all, they still think <laughs> it. I, t- I was on the phone with my aunt telling her because my wife is pregnant um, and we're going to do a home birth and we have a midwife.
0: Congratulations.
1: Fuck. Congrats, that's Awesome. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. And my, my, my I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? You, you get to do that in a bathtub? She was like, it, it was like, yo, my, your, your mother, my grandmother had a home birth. Like it's normal shit, man. You don't have to like go to a hospital, but I don't know. They think I'm, they think I'm crazy. I don't know. That's
3: what So I heard oh, as all a, the kale. I heard uh, yeah. as an adult from my folks that there was a big, Uh, thing of contention with their neighbors when I was born because they were like very very like hippie like super like rural hippie this is in uh, Brobridge Louisiana Um, uh, my parents weren't their neighbors were my dad's from Brockton and my mom is like an army brat like grew up in like the Ivory Coast and Belgium and shit so uh, they were cool And I would uh, surmise like smoking weed and having a good time with the neighbors. But this like rift developed when she was like, I am a midwife and I want to deliver your child. And my mom's a nurse, right? Like an RN. And uh, she was, she was even back then. And uh, she's now a nurse nurse practitioner, but she was like, "Mm." you know, it was one of those kind of like, I'm all about it, but I'm not, you know, when push comes to shove. Yeah. I'm not having my kids. Yeah, like, I support Christmas. you.
1: Yeah. yeah. Right. I right. right. You, like, Not in my fucking house and take your shoes off and leave for, You know what I'm saying? It's like,
3: well, it was, yeah, like, I, I mean, I, that was like, it's good because that was like a good cultural litmus test for where you were at. And also it was 1980. So a little yeah. earlier, um, and my folks, like, weren't cool with it. And I, like, cut it off with the fucking neighbors. And I thought that was funny as shit. And I was like, thank God. Thank you, Mom and Dad. I was born in a fucking hospital. You know, you yeah. can afford it. And I appreciate it. Don't Dude, the fucking midwife is like ten grand, And you
1: can't
2: use insurance for it. Yeah. See, it's that's a the problem. <laughs> my, my wife's a delivery nurse at South Shore Hospital. Oh, and, uh, she's like, after... Being a delivery nurse for this long and seeing everything, she's like, I would never, like, we have three daughters, right? But she's like, I would never, and she, we had them all in a hospital, but she's like, it's so scary. Because she sees, obviously, more than what we would see. Everybody, you so know. So she see,
3: would like, see the low percentage
2: yeah. bell curve of, like, oh. Of, like, all the bad stuff that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, with, with hospital births? No, with, with like, yes. Well, any birth, Any yeah, births. yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, oh you would need like a surgeon immediately or like you need this Oh shit
0: shit, right. Which, yeah. you know,
2: is like a small percentage for people because I know plenty of people who did home births and everything totally normal and fine. Right. Their midwife actually couldn't even show up because there was a snowstorm. So <laughs> the baby just came and they my my friend uh delivered. That happens
3: all the time with my yeah. daughter, uh, uh my ex wife's um is the gynecologist, whoever the fuck it was, couldn't come. You know, so it was some random and yeah. I mean so I, I think dude, people
1: people lot. have been having kids all the time, dude. People have been having kids for years as far as as far as I, I mean at
3: think. least like four thousand years, right? That's at like about as far, far back as humanity goes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: I'll believe you. That sounds good to me.
3: <laughs> I my friend went to Baylor, he said that. So <laughs> prestigious uh Baptist College here in Houston.
2: Keyword. <laughs> Baptist. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. I'm
3: I'm making fun of them. I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I put my smart glasses. Yeah. So, yeah. You look good with those. I like those. These are work glasses. You're less, okay.
1: you're less. You're less deceiving with those. Actually.
3: Do you think that? So? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Because I look like a guy who works. It's a fucking nerd. Very <laughs> very accurate.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so that's I'm in
3: California. That's oh, it. Okay. So Chris, where did so you- when's the big day, man? I grew up
2: <clears throat> just south of oh, Boston. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I grew up just south of Boston. We just split the microphones in two.
3: Yeah, we're going to talk. Over chat, there. Yeah. You turn him down. Turn we'll
1: him keep up. it down and then you guys talk louder. No,
3: no. Yeah, turn that down. There you go. <laughs> Okay. I was joking. <laughs> well, when's the date? When's the date? Real quick. Real quick.
1: Uh, May, early May, like sometime around the 9th or the 19th, something like that.
3: Congratulations.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. I'm sorry.
1: You're all all three of you are fathers?
2: yes yeah yep how wonderful is it uh it's awesome everybody was like oh you when i had my first girl they're like oh that sucks man bet you wish you were having a boy and as as a guy you're like yeah of course i want to have a boy i would never trade it for anything like i'm not having any more kids and i'm perfectly happy with my daughters like it's i think it's cooler being a girl dad because i know how i was when i was a kid as a son and i had three brothers so i was a fucking prick you know, and me yeah. and my brothers would just be fist fighting all the time, each other. And my dad would just like, close the door and drink. You know what I mean? He's yeah. like, fuck this. So being a girl dad, I, I mean, it's going to have its own stuff that comes with it that I'm going to have to figure out because I grew up with all all boys. So but so far, I mean, there's seven, 11 and 12. And oh, shit. So far, it's 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 good. You're going to love it. Wow. Bro. Yeah. It, it, it's the best thing
0: that's ever happened to me and the hardest thing that's ever happened to me and it's it's i I wouldn't trade it for the world um makes me view adults the world everyday life in a completely different lens
2: completely different lens do
1: you guys have good dads
2: Uh, i did i did he's all right now you know (laughs) same
3: same same my dad was uh was born in brockton and raised in Brockton, and then in high school, moved to Framingham, and then uh, later moved to Fairfax, Virginia. How old's your dad? He, uh, well, he was 18 on his, no, on his 21st birthday, he was in Vietnam yeah, in 19, 1970. Yeah, dude. Total drafted, and he was all, like, not with it. Yeah. He's, he's a bad motherfucker,
2: dude. I respect him a lot. He's great. But, um. Yeah. Um he's, he, I bet mean he's good guy. He's, he's good got to know my, my grandfather. He owned two garages there and went to my whole family's from Boston.
3: I'm sure I'm sure he does. Yeah. His dad was like a real peculiar kind of guy. He was an Irish orphan that was adopted, that then was in Mensa and went to Boston College and was a patent attorney. And they had all these kids and they adopted kids. And then there was all this internal scandal. I mean, the family is like pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty cool.
1: That sounds like a normal New England family to me. That sounds like a, like a, like a tale that I grew up with.
3: Well, I, I right. It's like, everyone said. has all this weird shit and secrets that no one talks about. And you're, you're like, why is so yeah. fucking violent? What's wrong? With
1: you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like in New England, everyone's like smile. Well, No, not everyone's not smiling, but there's like a, there's like a, there's like a, there's like a facade of the Christmas trees up, you know, you have the lights outside and then inside, someone's probably just getting the shit kicked out of them. Or, you know, like someone has some sort of patent scam with children or whatever, whatever it was.
2: Yeah,
3: Well, what was good. Um, do you, do you like the show, uh, the bear? Oh yeah. 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 My sister called me my older sister. And so there's me and my older sister and then our two younger siblings that are eight years younger. It was an eight year split. So we grew up in a different kind of household, right? Like a middle-class household. And my younger brother and sister grew up in like a upper-middle-class suburban household. So it's very different, and we turned out very differently. Anyways, my sister said, hey, I want to prepare you for the uh, Christmas episode of The Bear.
2: Because, was- yeah,
3: because it's gonna trigger you, and that is mom, and just like watch the fuck out, dude. So, Get your ass ready. Yeah,
2: I would never seen it till the other day. My wife was watching it, and I just walked in the living room, and an episode was starting. I was like, oh, I've seen the advertisements for it. It was actually pretty damn good. Fuck yeah! I did. So I saw a couple episodes so far. I haven't really gotten oh, far into it.
3: As the characters develop, that show is one like where every single character develops well. And like you, you empathize with all of them, like oh, hundred percent. I, I think the, the bad was- ones, the good ones, like there's no real protagonist. It's it, it's awesome. Like even the uncle who's lending the money, like you like them all, yeah, because they're so yeah. relatable. You know, as uh, as they develop, it's really good. Man. I liked it.
1: So. Yeah, it's interesting because like yeah, being a dad's weird and like. Uh, like kind of scary, or not not even scary, but it's just like I know my life is going to be completely different. Even getting a dog, I was like, I can't like you can't fucking hang out, you know. And this that was this is a child who like learns things and grows up to be like a human. So like I had a good, I had a wonderful dad growing up, but it's always interesting to see like good fathers who didn't have that and just like what they had to go through, and that's 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 like a harrowing.
0: It's
2: basically growing up. Uh, like that, it's, you just learn what not to do, right? So that's that's what it was for me. It's like okay, I'm just going to do the opposite. It's almost
3: better child rearing to, to have your you be a poor example because they yeah, yeah. know specifically what not to do.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Did you have Ryan? Did you have like um, like a moment? I'm I'm sure there's a million of them, but like uh, when you like you have you have a son.
0: Uh, yeah, I have a uh, uh, two boys, a stepson, and and then um, one that is clearly a hundred percent my own. Good. Yeah, uh, but to finish, yeah, he's yeah, awesome. Yeah, she yeah. Has, been.
1: has there been like a like a time where you like looked at him, either of them, and you were like, I, I did a good job, and like felt that. Oh man, uh, I.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah like, yes. I it's just, no, I, I just, uh, yes. Uh, there, there have been times that, that I've seen that there's also been times when, uh, trying to raise a family, um, and things from my own past come up and, and realizing that the way that I grew up viewing the world, handling problems, um, is not normal actually. And so, you know, totally done years of therapy and all that stuff, but it wasn't until getting into raising kids and trying to do the family thing that I realized like how many areas of my life I was, I was violent in and didn't even think about it. Didn't even think about how I, you know, you lovingly said this is kind of like an abrasive podcast, right? And, 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 and whenever I try to think about these boys growing up in this world, I had to check myself a few times at, at at my approach, and I'm I'm not talking about anything physical, but just just a lot of the shit that that was just super normal to me growing up. Is um, nothing I want to give them, and I didn't realize how much of that shit I was holding on to.
3: Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that um, um, it's it's just really hard. it's easy to be self aware in social situations where it's not people you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's, it's very easy when you're around people you're familiar with, you know, that they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt or, you know, in a, in a productive household, right. A mutual respect household that, uh, when your shortcomings come to light, they'll like bear with it. Right. And the problem with that is that, um, uh, intuitively acting all of the time. Right. Um it, it, dude, I've like punched people, yeah, and been like, no, I didn't, oh, like yeah. a hunting, like clear yeah. conscience, I didn't hit you, dude, I was just yelling, I was upset, yeah. and I think I pushed you, yeah, you know yeah. that kind of thing, <laughs> you know, so but that's the type of thing that I'm and, talking about, and when you're around people who didn't get beaten as children, yeah that is first of all, it's way too much anyways, I remember what it felt like, yeah. You know, so it's, it's to put people in a position where they're fucking scared of you But, but because you're having a moment, you know, even, and my big thing was just like, stop being a pussy. If I didn't fucking punch you and you're not hurt, you should be fine. And that's just really not the case of things for, uh, for healthy, productive, uh, People, human beings, self-actualized human beings—they don't like uh, you. Don't have to hit them to fuck them up, right?
0: So, uh, I, I have two older brothers, and you know, really, they were the ones that kind of raised me. And 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 the the first fistfight I got into, I was I was forced to get into it. It was it was an empty lot in a trailer park, and it's they got into it with their older brother, and they're like. You're not coming home tonight until you fight that dude right there, you know and and it's and it's kind of it's fun to talk about right now, but it 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 um that it skewed my view of the world and and of how things work right and well do you
3: think it's is it is it primarily detrimental or is it primarily beneficial in a society now where people are afraid
0: they're they're scared? Of conflict. Oh well, yeah. So it's a, definitely society now. It's it's gone too far to one side with that, but No, I'm just saying. As you relate to society,
3: does well, it but, primarily benefit you that you had that experience? What
0: do you think? Ah, so my gut reaction is yes, but but I I've
2: talked so to you so about this. You were thing. the little brother, yeah. So yeah, yeah, relative, my my little brother. I used to live in a uh, part of Boston right outside called Alston, right, and it was okay. just like insanity when i lived there we my little brother be like hey can i come stay up at your house he's only a year and five months younger than me but he's like hey can i come stay up at your house for the weekend i'm like yeah sure so we would make him stand on the sidewalk because we didn't want the frat kids coming to the like house party or whatever so you know he'd stand out there and just be he was like, the hey. door guy he was the door guy okay but he's like you know skinny kind of tall but skinny uh he'd have like black pants on black misfit shirt just i were like he, you know, I used to bring him the Romans back when he was like twelve years old. Yeah, all the time.
3: Are, when are we talking about? Like what years? This
2: uh, This is probably like two thousand eight. Okay. Or two thousand seven, yeah. two thousand eight. Yeah, between two thousand seven and two thousand nine. And that was a bad. That was a bad time in Allston. It was very that was bad. A, that yeah. was a
1: violent time in Allstate.
2: It, yeah, it, we used to stick him out on the sidewalk, and uh, one time we look out and there's these three like football players, and they're pushing him around, and they're calling him. They're calling him some bad names, right, because yeah. of yeah. the way he's dressed. And I'm like, okay. And he had me and my two older brothers beating his ass his whole life. So he is like, you cannot – He, he's not going to stop unless you knock him the fuck out. And I've never seen it happen. I've tried many times. So these kids uh, are pushing him around because he said, no, you can't come in. So a couple of us come off the porch now because he's only like 15 at the time. Yeah. Or 16. So we ended up getting in a big fight or whatever, but now he is like constantly been that person who was like, Oh, I'm I'm you know, his whole life you could call me down in the park. If he's this 20 kids going to jump me cause he has a big mouth. He doesn't give a fuck and he will back it up. But he's like now a product of that environment where he's, he's doing good now. He's like union job, got two kids, but he's still like, I could call him right now and be like, Hey man, this kid, this kid just called you a loser on Facebook. And he's like, where does he live? I'll go to his house or
3: anything. And that is lost on all of suburban America. That's what I'm trying. That was the point I was trying to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Is that at my age, I'm fucking old, dude. If I kick your ass and you're 25 years old, you look like a fucking bitch. I don't care. That's the bottom line. (laughs) You know, like if you were popping off and peacocking and and I had a problem with it and like my kids were around, I fucking hit you and you didn't do shit. You're a fucking pussy you know uh and the simple fact would be like well jesus christ who hits
0: anyone every day no, you know? but, but to that point that so it, it it wasn't about but but to fighting me well it was just like someone someone to me who, you have but, to do well something. dude to
3: me if a 25 year old guy beats my ass because you were acting up in front of my kids well you're a fucking bully you know or yeah. whatever i don't give a fuck dude i stood up for myself i'm not yeah. saying i'm a great fighter but um I don't stand anything to lose except by shutting my mouth and letting you uh, be a piece of shit all over me and my family, right? Or what I'm about, you know, like I go to jail for an assault charge. It's fucking nothing. Yeah. It would be
1: fine that you'll go to jail for an assault charge. And that's like a feeling that I think all of us have had for, you know, numerous times in our life. But do you think that's a good thing? Or do you think that even um, you doing that, whether it's beating someone up or whatever, is that tells a different message to your children? I think that's so what i I think of.
3: it's a necessary check and balance in a healthy society that you have a percentage of the society, society that will do that, right? Uh, and you know what? If it is like – it doesn't matter the demographic – but there needs to be a check in place so that there is a penalty for acting like a fucking idiot in public, right? Like if you're if you're doing burnouts in my neighborhood and my kids are running around the yard and we're barbecuing, you're endangering my children. You know, I have every right yeah. to go out there and do whatever I see fit. You know, and in my eyes, right. So I, so I was the little kid that grew up around that.
0: So and you know, hold on, I'm, but, I'm, but you I'm, live. No, this, I don't you live. So down. now I'm a grown man, and I right. hang out with dudes that are much louder than me, and I'm the quiet guy. And I don't want my kids to be that. I want my kids to live up to their greatness. So that's where that's what I fucking struggle with. So so I, you know, I got You're my. You're not the quiet guy. You're like a pillar in this community right I'm not I'm not here. I'm not talking shit on myself I'm I'm saying like how I feel in a lot of situations and I don't want my kids to feel that do you get what I'm saying with that I don't it's a
3: little convoluted I thought you were gonna say that you're a bully <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're
0: supposed to go beat this guy's ass no no uh so I grew up in a relatively violent household where it was like something would happen and it's like you immediately get checked and I I I want my boys to stand up for themselves and I want them to have a certain amount of restraint and know when to walk away also. And, and and it's something it's for me, it's tricky because you know, I, I have my sobriety date with drugs and alcohol, but I also have a sobriety date around fighting and it's, I, I certainly don't consider myself a pacifist or anything like that, but that shit fucked me up for years and it fucked me up for a few years after getting sober. Um, I would get the same feelings I would get from, from drinking, from fighting. And so, so I, I guess I say all that to say, I want my kids to have a healthy relationship with that, you know, have a healthy relationship with themselves and, and how they handle themselves. Okay. Um, just a couple weeks ago,
3: Madball was down here and I did this, t- uh, I was selling merch for a local band, well to live that's been around forever since I was like, uh, seventeen. Shout out! I played in them. Yeah, shout out, Rob, Daniel, uh, Caleb, Chris, Conflict, all the guys. Um, it's a, it's like you said, incestuous. Everyone in Houston, like a lot of the older guys, have been in Will to Live. I sang. I
0: sang for Will to Live. There you go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for ten years. No, no, the the, the the Gorilla Biscuit show, and then I did some recording shit for him whenever he had Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was offshore. Yeah, yeah.
3: So, what I was
0: getting at. I'm an old man.
3: I don't care. I don't have anything to prove. Chris, our guitarist in Lubbock, Texas, decides like, oh, I'm going to go tear it up for this Madball song. Uh, it's not even an old one, but he goes in there. He puts all his shit at the merch booth, Oh no. and I was selling merch for him. They end up on on the ground, and it's like going fishing, right? Like you cast your line out, and you got your beer, and you got your chair, but you're not ready really to go fishing. And then, you know, you're like, get this shit. You're like, oh, okay, yeah. But you already cast it out. You're like looking. Okay, there we go. Okay, I'm set. Where's the bobber? Oh, fuck, where's the bobber? Oh, shit. Hey. You know, you got big ass fish. So I'm looking around. I can't find Chris. And I see this huge, like, crowd. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go, dude. They're They're over there. That's Chris. And I was thinking this can go one of two ways. Either I can go over there, and Chris is on top of this kid, and I just pull him off, and it's great. Right? Of course, that's not what happens. I go over there. This kid's got, like, Chris, like, trying to come up on this fucking arm bar, you know, like, coming over top. So <laughs> I, I was like, mm. You just, like, back everyone up. Back him up, back up, back up. Hey, everybody, back up, back up. Just so I can just tee off on this stupid little fuck, you know? Or, like, oh, like get him, dude. And uh, Josh from Exit Strategy runs over and gives him a little boot. And uh, Freddie jumped off the stage. I didn't see it. And uh, I kind of got tunnel vision. And everything was all right. But it's like, I just did that. I didn't have anything to prove. I'm yeah. not sorry for it. These guys came fishing for a, an apology after the nerve of these fucking kids. Oh, so you were trying to break it up? I wasn't trying to break it up. I'm not from here. Making sure my my guitar player was dancing and this kid's like trying to tear his arm off. I was going to punch him in the fucking head until he got off of him. Yeah. Not sorry. You know, but they're asking I think that that's a productive way to act in society. That kid needs to know, Hey dude, you're at a hardcore show. People are going to dance hard. If you tackle them, and try to put them in an arm bar, and you don't have enough self-awareness to know that the guy was in the band that just fucking played. Someone's gonna punch you in the head.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you, so where, so you're you're in line at at uh whatever Wells Fargo, and someone cuts in front of you, are you just gonna just sock the guy?
3: No, 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 no. Much better. So where's for- where's
1: the line? That's what I'm saying. Like all we we all have all these like. Hardcore.
3: Violent. Well, right. Okay. We all make micro judgments like a thousand times a minute for what's appropriate. If I'm in Wells Fargo, first of all, fuck them. I refinance my <laughs> mortgage. Every time it gets transferred yeah. to them, you yeah. can't get away. Yeah, You can't get away. They buy him. They buy him. They're, <laughs> They're like, big. we still got your mortgage, yeah. fuck. So uh, Wells Fargo, if I'm at the bank, um, first of all, I'm probably dirty. And like wearing work boots and look like a piece of shit. My hair doesn't stay in a ponytail well. I have like a really old man, Thomas Jefferson looking fucking thing going here, you know, like where it's all fucked up. So, you know, if I go into the bank, there ain't no fucking little bitch cutting in front of me. There's not. And that's in Texas, in Houston. People ain't cutting in front of me at the fucking bank. (laughs) Maybe that was a
1: bad example. How do you you teach your kid to make those micro adjustments?
3: Well, they can project that. Dude, here's the thing. If you're acting a part, if you're not sincere, sincerity, free of cracks, right? Like the Latin, free from cracks. Like when he went to buy a marble, uh, what they would do is they would melt wax and put it into the cracks in the marble. And then they would polish it. And it looked like marble. Like it was nice right and then they would try to sell it to you at full price and what you would say if you were savvy and you're looking at it you would say hey is this like sin cherry is this without cracks right so if you're at the bank and you're not sure of yourself and this guy comes in and he's sizing you up you're sizing him up everybody's making these micro adjustments and he decides you're a fucking bitch. I'm totally cutting in front of you. You know, well, what happened there is if you were trying to look like a fucking person of action and you are not, he sussed you out correctly. So, so there's- if, 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 if you're not, if you're totally unconcerned about this fucking retard who God, how dare you cut in front of me at the fucking Wells Fargo? Well then, um, you know, when he if he had the audacity to do it, then yeah, maybe he would get punched. Uh-huh. I don't know. Am I
2: hungover? I'm never like going maybe I, I will. go to the that, bank that. and looking at it the same way over again. Yeah. This conversation.
1: <laughs> so so well, yeah, so but, so there's just these like judge. There's these judgment people going around, just like making sure that you you are comfortable with yourself.
3: No, it's just the way people behave. They behave. Everybody makes all these micro adjustments. They're always trying to take advantage of the situation. So it's subconscious. So if they're just kind of like, I'm in a hurry. This guy's not even paying attention. Look at him. He's retarded. I'll just cut in front of him. It's fine. Right. Or you're just standing there and you're like, I've got business to handle. I'm a busy man. Um, I'm ready to go. I have my wallet out. I have my fucking deposit slip ready. Or what the fuck ever, right? If you had business at the bank, you don't look like a fucking retard. No one's cutting in front of you. Yeah, there's a lot of tells. There's like, right there, that was like five tells. I'm looking at my watch. I had my wallet yeah. out. I had a deposit slip out. You know, I think we
1: got off. I think we got off the rails. I'm with you on this one. To be clear, what I want to know, off, what I
3: I know is, do you want to join the podcast? Like like you could run the podcast. Right now? No, forever. <laughs> this is a big commitment. Forever, forever? We don't do it like I often. Do the long- we don't do this very often. We do this like once a month or something.
1: I, I do it took I me d- a long time to ask my wife to to marry me. I can't I can't just say yes on the podcast.
0: I don't think this has like the implications of your marriage. <laughs> I, I do I do I do wanna make the point though, kind of what y'all were talking about. So Chase, you know, Chase very well. Um, he, and and so he's in third grade. He's, he's getting ready to go to fourth grade and and this isn't the first or second time this has happened. Uh, he, he made a joke or did something in class and, and, and someone laughed and, and to him, they laughed at him. So he got up out of his desk, he went up to him and he popped him. Um, I, you know, I tell my friends and it's a joke, but I, that scares the shit out of me that he's acting like that.
3: Well, and then, I, don't I, mean, know, I don't know how to handle that. Maybe he was scared. Have you talked to him about, like, maybe he was scared? Like, I know that no, like, I don't. I don't like being violent. And if I hit you, I'm probably a mixture of being very angry and very scared. That's really,
0: really yeah. dangerous because you don't reason well. No, exactly. So we're talking about emotional regulation and what that looks like, you know.
1: That's what I was getting at. How do you make your kid not just immediately go to punch someone? And, you know, I mean, that, I think well, that the, well, okay. the cool thing about violence is that it's an it's an off switch to most things. And that's why I hated fist fighting. And I would just hit some guy with a chair or a yeah. hammer or a pipe because that was the the fastest off switch. Play to win. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, and my whole thing was like, if I'm angry enough to hit you, you really deserve it.
0: You're a PTA. Yeah. yeah. You're a piece of shit. Maybe. Like I would try and talk to you. you yeah, know, but, but, but That's the, the stuff that I'm talking about. That's exactly how I, I feel too. And that's how I was raised. And I'm like, I don't man. Fuck. I don't think that that's, that's right. You know, whenever uh, I yeah. think about th- talking to the kids, I'm like, I, I have that in me and it's hard for me to shut that off.
2: You know, I think it's how you project your feelings onto your children as well. Yeah. too.
3: Well, that's how they learn. The,
2: yeah. Uh, religion, like, like the most, like, my kids are at different levels of age, right? Well, two of them are pretty close, but they handle situations a little differently each. Like All, all three do? Handle shit differently? Sort of. Uh, one is very sneaky, right? I was like very sneaky, kept everything out of my parents' vision, like kept it off the radar, whatever. Those are the ones you got to watch out for. One... The youngest one, self-snitcher, big time, immediately does something wrong and just comes and tells on herself. <laughs> What's awesome is that makes you be a good person. Oh, Like, I'm you? the
3: worst liar. And then one, my parents were always like, we know you're fucking lying. Yeah. You
2: know, stop. You're not good at it. And then one of them just uh kind of flies off the handle. You know what I mean? Like, the one who's sneaky will just, like, you know, like, quickly just jab my, one of the other ones she doesn't like and be like, oh, it was an accident, you know? Like... And then the other one will just start yelling over everybody. But then the younger one will just come she's like really emotional so she'll just come and like they're making fun of me, you know, I'm like yeah, or she'll do something wrong and just come tell on herself. So, I don't know. We're we're trying to like uh even all of that out to like yeah. one one thing. It's uh, it's tough cuz it's three different personalities. Well,
3: there's also like fraternal violence that doesn't have malice in it like hardcore yeah. dancing, uh, playing around with your friends, like their legs, training, are, working out, right. Your legs are sore from leg day and you run out, the punch on the back of the fucking leg and they fall. Yeah. Like, that's just funny. I don't <laughs> care who the fuck you are, yeah. you know? So
0: but, yeah, there's a line, right? Yeah. But, it, but I, I will say, man, the, the parenting stuff, like it, it's definitely gotten to the point where, it's case by case. I I have my friends and my brothers that I've known since I was kids, but man, more often than not, I would much rather be around my kids than the average adult I see, you know? Um, and, and to me, that's like a incredibly rewarding part of parenting.
3: Well, and that's a great tell that you're doing a great job. If you, I think that it's a part of living, to test boundaries that's how you learn right so yeah, like fuck yeah. you know if if you if you overreact or chase overreacts a, a little bit in one situation you know maybe he didn't have like the palm to say hmm, okay i'm not going to hit this kid i'm just going to make him look really fucking stupid yeah right you know um uh, so you know and you learn that that's not a natural reaction yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the natural reaction is like I'm gonna go punch him. So
2: For me for me growing up, which I'm sure it was pretty similar to both of you, you act up, your dad fucking flies off the handle, right? Or might, your mom might smack yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the belt, the spatula, whatever, yeah. backhand, go best. to your fucking room, that type of thing. Like my kids, obviously they're girls, I'm not do, I'm not doing that to them. But I'll go out have a conversation with them, de escalate the situation and like my dad never came in and, like, sat in my bed and was like, you know, what's going on?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, so big. that's, that's I, big. that's what Same I do here. with
2: them, and I'm like, you got to make them comfortable to open up to you. Because, like I said, I was the sneaky one that kept everything away from my parents and whatever. They weren't together, so it was very easy, you know? Well, I, I, it's not to, like, be put in the middle of a situation
3: or to, to like
2: – Yeah, because uh, they're uh, going to gonna react off emotion immediately, and you need to learn to teach them. To not them. provoke, right? You need to learn to teach them to, like – Take a step back for a minute because, you know, when you're acting off emotion, you can all, – we've all done it. Make the wrong decision. Fuck yeah. Or, you know, whatever. And I think just sitting down and having a conversation when they're old enough to understand, um, you know, that my – wife, my wife says it best too. She – like – because we'll disagree on something. She grew up in a cul-de-sac going on Disney cruises. You know what I mean? I didn't have that life. Yeah. It's not. It's perfect. Yeah. So, we, we, parents so lucky. we parents a little differently. And sometimes like, yeah, like – but that's, a,
0: that's what I'm talking about with coming together with someone, and, and I learned so much doing that.
2: Yeah, same, same. Because like she'll be like, "This isn't," the, she'll say, "This isn't the way you grew up in this house." And I said, "Uh, she kind of has a point, you know." Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm lucky because my wife is just a wonderful person, and she grew up in Southern California, um, who like she, she thought Boston accents were just like a made up thing from movies until she (laughs) went to like on the East coast for my friend's wedding. Um, and she's just like a wonderful, sweet person. So I feel like I have a fall black, a fallback plan. Um, if I start to get too crazy, but I just, yeah, I mean, my dad, well, neither of my parents hit me, but, um, I think treating him like a, like an adult or not an adult, treating him like a person is a big deal. My dad did that. Just treating me like a person and like really loved, like, What's going on, buddy? What's, what's, what's happening here? That's why I thought I'd be a really good stepdad, but unfortunately my wife, uh, doesn't have any children. So we had to try this route. And so I was like, dude, let me just walk on. Let me just be a walk on for like eight year old Let me reason with the guy. I was like, that, that seems easier. Like if, 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 if they're a piece of shit when they're eight, then like, I'm just, I'm just the dude that's here. A handshake, you know? a handshake
3: like, deal. Fuck them up. <laughs> yes. yeah, hey, none of the culpability, anymore. right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the guy here now like i don't know the fuck dude i think and and and, and, i mean there's people are complicated right and it's easy to try to oversimplify an aspect of humans for a conversation right like my dad wasn't perfect but he wasn't a piece of shit at all he's super intelligent and articulate but he also has like a really bad temper and he's self-aware of that so i got both of those a very physical, the entire family, everybody, like mom, dad, all the kids, everyone beating the shit out of each other all the time and everybody with poor impulse control. Right. But it didn't mean we were all pieces of shit. Yeah. You know, you would not be angry and you'd be sorry that you fucking hit someone, yeah. you know? So, um, you had remorse. Well, or just like, you're just a human being. Yeah. You're, you're not all the way there yet. You're. You know, you're living your life and trying to get better at it. So I think that um, there is something to be said for the necessary uh, member of society that will check people violently. Has to be there. Yeah, yeah. Has to be. I don't want to live in a society where you can't behave that way in certain situations. Because I'm going to do it regardless. And you know what I mean? Yeah. uh, Uh, But there's that. But it does not necessarily follow that you're a knuckle dragger or a dumbass or not a, a productive member of society because you're violent on occasion. Yeah. Get fucking real. Right. So I think there is a, a balance.
0: Yeah. We we do have to sew it up now. Um, yeah. So I grew up 30. But it sounds
2: awesome. <laughs> I'm having a good yeah, Chris, time. where'd you grow up? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, a little town called Whitman, right, right oh, next right to Brockton. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that long. Uh, well, oh, kind of all over the place, but I, that's where I made most of my childhood friends was that town. so Wonderful. Boston, well, it has been the
1: podcast.
2: <laughs> Thanks for having me. Dude, there's no rules. We
3: can do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. Didn't you book this show? They have a show. Yeah, yeah for sure. He booked it. Who cares? The first band goes on in 10 minutes. Yeah. It's in Spring Branch.
0: It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But it was great having you on anything you want to talk about before we close this. No. <laughs> Thank you.
1: But yeah, it was great talk. I mean, Brian, I, I haven't, we've met at the, that skinhead yellow stitches, um, Liberty and justice show in LA. And then we played the other show up North, but, uh, it was cool. Just like chat with you and, um, all three of you guys. I'm appreciative of, uh, Just just chit chatting on a Sunday, man. It's been wonderful. Oh yeah,
3: one skinhead coming to Texas. Jesus, I have, dude. I have like
1: four guitar players. I got like seven people in my band, so it's it's just a hassle. You
3: only need
1: one.
0: (laughs) Just get by with one. (laughs) I can play guitar too. Just come on, I'm still committed to making it happen one day.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah. So I'm not saying no. That's not a no.
2: Well, he's going to have his that's hands full, uh, come May. So fuck. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. Shit. Well, Hey, you might, might want to fall back for a little bit. Let's play it for uh 2027. Yeah, there you go. That
1: sounds great. I'm just waiting for, uh, for us to fade away into obscurity. And then 10 years from now, someone in Europe offers us like 50 grand to play at best, that's a fest. That's the fucking, yes, that's our That's our next show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> fuck. Yeah.
1: That's the reality we live in.
0: Well, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. Thank Later, you. guys. Later. Game.
3: Okay. wait. It bangs the oh, fucking. Thank God. you, dude. It
0: was Our nice talking. out of good time. You